It's uh, 36 minutes after 10, and I just want to remind you that uh, after 11, um, we are going to be crossing live to the Electoral Commission, the IEC, as uh, they are expected this morning to give an update regarding the 2021 municipal elections. Right now, we are talking about the 2021 Women's Report. We are going to be speaking uh, to Laura Brooks about her report, which uh, states that registering children under the age of six at uh, ECD centers would not only help in equipping children to reach their full potential, but it will also be one of the most effective ways of creating new jobs in the care economy. And interestingly, she says that this has the potential to create more jobs for women as they are the ones working in the ECD centers. She's on the line, and I'm very excited to be speaking to her. Um, Laura is a contributor to the University of Stellenbosch's Business School 2021 Women's Report. Thank you very much for joining us, Laura. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on the show. With less than 40% of South Africa's uh, children under the age of six not attending um, early childhood care education, the impact of this, have we really looked at it for the children Yes, that's a good question. So um, there are huge benefits to children having access to quality early childhood care and education programs under the age of six to help them um, meet their developmental potential and really lay the foundations for learning and um, success later on in life, as well as well-being and general health. Um, So it's not to say that every child should be in an early learning program from a very young age. I think there are age-appropriate programs and um, different household needs and circumstances which would make it an appropriate decision to enroll a child in an early childhood care and education program. And there are also considerations around the quality and the um, activities that are undertaken in that program to ensure that the right stimulation and the right caring a nurturing environment is provided for that child. So there are a lot of issues at play, but certainly it is um, really important for children to have access to quality early learning programs before they go to school. And uh, one of the things that I think uh, we can't go without noticing is the fact that this fact that um, the National Development Plan uh, with other legislations and policies also recognize that early childhood development is key to eradicating poverty, but why are we not implementing, um, you know, more work when it comes to ECD? (laughs) It's a very good question. I mean, I think um, part of the problem is that the regulatory environment and the standards that have been drawn up for early childhood care and education programs to meet the government requirements for support and funding are designed at a very high gold standard which is great on paper, but in practice what this does is because the reality of South Africa's um, communities and the provision of services and ultimately the people who are providing these services are living in our communities in South Africa. This is not a government, currently not a government-provided program. It's provided by women who see a need and offer a service in a community. And many times, in fact, um, the majority of programs are unable to meet the requirements that government places on them to be registered with the Department of Social Development and then to support, to be uh, receive funding and support. So what this means is the regulatory system is blocking the growth of the sector and the support of the sector to hold sufficient quality spaces for children to access services.
Now, earlier on, uh, Laura, you mentioned that it needs to be quality programs given to these children. Um, it, it's, it's no help to have ECD centers mushrooming everywhere. But the quality, the safety, the adherence to health and safety regulations are not uh, met. So how can we make sure that as we want to um, liberate and empower our young people um, who are under the age of six before they go to school, we have ECD centers that are adherent Yes, so I think what we what we are hoping to see and what we're advocating for government to do is shift the mindset from the punitive approach or the exclusionary approach that I just described, where they have very high standards which have good intentions, but the impact is one that means that um, programs are not even supported to achieve that gold standard and ultimately fly under the radar. And instead, what we should be doing is creating a developmental enabling system to support quality and provide funding and support for programs to get onto a pathway of moving towards that gold standard that we're setting around quality and um, health and safety for the environment in which um, we're providing services for children. So for me, it's a mind shift. It's about seeing this as an opportunity to grow the sector, both to ensure that access can expand for children and as the chapter um, that we're talking about today in the women's report um, asserts, this will really unlock meaningful jobs for women. The majority of providers of early childhood care and education services are women. Over 99% of the people who work in these programs are women. And so investing in supporting them and growing them as a sector will really create a large number of direct jobs for women, but also unlock the ability for women who are often the bearers of childcare responsibilities to meaningfully participate in the workforce if they've got a place for their children to go and learn and be stimulated during the day so they can go out and find work. Um, listeners, we are talking to Laura Brooks, who's a contributor to the University of Stellenbosch's Business School 2021 Women's Report. And in this particular report, uh, it's outlined that uh, there are so many children under the age of six who are not registered in the ECD centers. And um, if they were, this could have the potential to obviously help children academically and in their development, but also create new jobs uh, for women. And this could be a new economy, the care economy, of which already employs so many people. And uh, my question to you as a listener, as an A-team listener, what do you think we should be doing in order for us to ensure that this care economy can provide the jobs that are needed, especially for caregivers like women who are unemployed and uh, there is a need for it. Please call in. Or you might have an ECD center. You're running one right now and you want to tell us about your challenges and your wins and encourage others to come into the sector. Call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 0614-104107. We can also SMS to 41391. Patricia Dooley on SAFM. On the line, uh, we've got Nikita who's in Kabecha. Nikita, good morning. Uh, good. Your line's a bit uh, bad, Nikita. Please, let's try that again. Okay, let me just move on. Is it better okay, now? Okay, n- now you're clear. Okay, let me stand here. Okay, uh, I was saying good morning to you and your guest. Morning. Uh, 
And I just love having a double dose of you per day. <laughs> <laughs> Nikita. <laughs> um, so um, in 2017, I was part of a conference at the University of Forte at the East London campus at the Indibaniso, yes, yes, yeah, I think it was Indibaniso, and it was on early childhood development. Um, besides the papers that were presented, we got a chance to visit an ECD. It was in the township of Ndanzane, East London, and the yard one was quite large. Uh, some of the others were quite large. There were play facilities outside, equipment, like a jungle gym, and... Um, and getting inside the structure, which was uh, like a, a tin shack, right? But was also large, it was educational equipment. It was run by um, the owner, who was a lady who had uh, gone to some training and an assistant. But the thing was, there was no electricity. They had to connect from the neighboring houses. There was no water. And, and also I would think that out of all the facilities that the other participants went to for the conference, it was always women. So this thing of the feminization of care and thinking that um, they, they just they just isn't much support. That these they are, even though the 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 owners and the assistant they have some formal training, they still it's it's, it's informal. There's no water, there's no electricity. If it's hot, it's hot in those tin shags. Uh, and, and I'm thinking we can actually do better for our children because those are the most affordable and it's just a walking distance in the township. And I'm thinking that we can actually do better for our children, actually. And it was really um, frustrating to see that there's not enough men in, in the education of their children. But at tertiary level, all of the professors, people with uh, PhDs, and it, it, it's mostly men. So we just look at that prism of the facilities that are available and just even the gender issue. Mm. Nakita, I love the fact that you were really, um, you know, studying and looking at these uh, disparities and discrepancies. Thank you so very much. And I do really hope that uh, we can get more support. Let me come back to you, Laura. Based on what Nakita has said, I feel that there's still a lot that needs to be done to support the existing ECD centers. Quite right. I mean, Nikita's just put his finger on a practical example of what I'm saying. This is women who, or, or people who, who have um, developed a service where there is a need for children to be cared for and, and stimulated in the community. They need government to recognise that this is a government mandate to ensure that there is universal access to quality services for children of this age. And instead of saying you know, you must do better and provide a better service for children instead of government saying that to existing providers and saying you need to meet these standards. They should be saying, thank you for helping us meet our mandate. How can we support you to provide that service better? And I think at the moment we haven't brought those two um, concepts together. People are providing services. Government has a mandate to ensure children have access to the services. We really need to be working together now to say what can you do and what can we do to make that happen in a, in a way that is um, beneficial for our children. So the, the, this particular sector, this economy, currently uh, employs about 300,000 people um, currently. But there's a potential for about 450 new jobs within uh, the ECD uh, economy. How do we make sure that these jobs become a reality? 
Well, I think a, a critical part of it is, is thinking about where, how we can unlock a funding flow to support those um, to support those jobs and providers. At the moment, the income streams for ECD programs, the, the 300,000 um, people who are working in the sector largely are paid by parents who are providing a fee. Now, many of the people whose children are not attending programs currently are not attending because they can't afford the fees. So government has an obligation to ensure that that is not a barrier to access. So we really have to figure out how we can encourage government to provide support and funding to get programs to a point where they are comfortable to provide subsidies and support to ensure that children can access without fees being a barrier. So I think it's really about figuring out the the start and end point of when is support provided? In other words, let's not have the standard be the entry point, the standard of service provision be the entry point for government support. Government support needs to come in to get programs to that level of quality so that they can then provide um, income uh, uh, fee support or, or income support to those programs to operate to ultimately provide a service which is a public good and should be supported and provisioned by government funds. Nikita said something very interesting that uh, in the ECD level, you find a lot of females working in it. Mm. But then when Mm. you get to university level, professors and lecturers are male. Why is there no openness um, when it comes to gender um, uptake in the ECD? I mean, that's a really interesting question about, you know, who is who is taking up these work opportunities at a at a, a, a community level? Who's providing services, and who is um, able to follow the career pathway all the way through to professor level? Maybe that's the question we should be asking. Where's the opportunity blockage for women to be at that professor level in this in this sector, when the majority of practitioners themselves are women? Another good question is where are the men at provision level? And I think that is a, a societal gender question that we we should be asking ourselves. You know, I think it's also important to remember that children don't only grow and learn and receive stimulation in ECD programs in creches and daycare centres. They also receive stimulation, care, and love in their homes. And we need to be helping parents to see that role and to carry out that role in in the home. And there's a particular role for men, which I think we need to pay a lot of attention to. Let's go to a question via voice note. Good morning, uh, SAFM and the listeners. Uh, Patricia, um, the ECD Center is a very important uh, uh, industry uh, of our economy. However, the sad reality is that most caregivers in those ECD centers are not being paid, they are being robbed. I would like for the government and the hawks and whoever that is uh, 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 investigating uh, corruption to investigate all these centers. People are not being paid accordingly. The government is subsidizing these ECT centers, but uh, the people who are working for these ECT centers are being robbed every month. They don't get their salaries uh, salaries in accordance with the uh, prescribed uh, duties. Thanks very much.
Sure. Um, uh, income seems to be a challenge here, Laura. Um, what is the set pay rate for ECD um, uh, educators? And that is a big issue. And unfortunately, there is no set pay rate. As I say, you know, these are private entities, micro-social enterprises, survivalist initiatives, um, and non-profit organizations in, in a range of formats, sometimes sole proprietors, so women who who are looking after six children in their home, as an example. Um, and they really, as I say, rely on parent fees to um, to generate their income. There is only a small number of programs um, supporting uh, sev- under 700,000 children who are receiving the subsidy from the government, which is only goes a part way towards um, the costs of staffing and uh, running an ECD program. So fees are really still the main income source for um, ECD programs. And oftentimes parents are unable to pay those fees. And what we see in practice is that ECD programs often, because they know the importance of um, continuing to provide a service to that child, even if the parent can't pay, will sometimes say, we will let you off this month or you can pay in two months and often end up sacrificing some of their income sources in order to ensure that that child still has access to the care during the day that it needs. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm not sure where where the question about um, fraud is is being raised, who it is who we're thinking is stealing money from from these programs. But I, I I do agree that they are not adequately supported to provide proper incomes for um, practitioners who in many cases are not earning the minimum wage that is um, set in South Africa. This uh, WhatsApp says, unfortunately, early childhood falls under social services, so their support is abysmal. It should fall under education department. I'm going now to Stimbi, so in the Val. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Patricia. Um, thank you for taking my call. Look, look, um, the issues around ECT are very serious. Uh, there are challenges, you know, and I'm glad this issue has been raised. And uh, the ladies at the centres are very struggling. Issues of there to live with the issues of, you know, meeting certain standards in terms of them receiving money because they can't receive funding directly, you know. And those are the challenges that you find that ECDs have challenges around having resources and funds. And when it comes to issues of, of, of educators, they don't have funds. And I think that's a challenge that if they have to pay people, they only rely on the courses that they receive. You know, And that's where the issues of financing government needs to get in, to intervene and address the issues around funding and how the issues of funding is, 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 is rolled out to ECD centers. Uh, I, I kind of like work in this space, and I found a lot of challenges around that space. They need to meet certain requirements in order for them. And for them to get those requirements, it's also a challenge because there's also municipalities involved, certain departments that need to involve for them to able to get, like the safety certificate, for instance. It's it's part of the municipality. So those are some of the challenges that are there. And I think for me, the, the government has a huge role that needs to play around, you know, easing those issues around it and formalizing mm-hmm. the sector because I think it's one of the neglected sectors around in education and it plays a very significant role in terms of uh, early learning and foundation for children. So I think for me, uh, the government needs to take very serious note of this uh, sector and play a huge role 
in terms of funding it and, and, and also educating the educators at the centre. That's why we find a lot of educators who are ladies, some of them have only matric but don't have more uh, accredited uh, certificate or education, education. So I think those kind of things need to be opened up so that the ladies at the centres can get more education, can be educated, get more uh, funding and also, you know, get to know more about children. And as, as the report is saying, that it's laying a foundation for children in terms of language and uh, learning skills. So for me, that's, I think, the most important part that we need to be addressing that part. Semi, so thank you very much for weighing in a very valuable contribution there. Uh, Laura, I mean, you hear what Semi so said, and I, I couldn't agree with him more. Yes, that was a very well put um, put statement. I'd also like to touch on the message that you received, which is around um, the, the department that has responsibility for early childhood development services. So that is currently the Department of Social Development, but in fact, the um, president has um, has declared that the responsibility for ECD programs will shift to the Department of Basic Education from the first of April next year. So this does this does present an opportunity for us to work with the Department of Basic Education to shape what government support for ECD programs needs to look like going forward, and what government responsibilities are in um, that reimagined future. And I think um, one of the things we're seeing as an opportunity to support women who are providing these services, as the, the listener said, you know, many of um, the women who are providing these services do not have specialized training um, and they are not well supported. I think an income support stream that we should be looking at is what are the public employment schemes that we can channel to children, uh, to uh, women who are providing these services, given that this is part of the care economy, should we be looking at the community works program, the EPWP programs, and other um, uh, state employment uh, stipends that could help to support the income streams for women? And similarly, what are the government training uh, funds that we should be making sure? that these women can tap into in order to improve their skills to provide quality services for our children. Laura, I'd like to thank you so very much for sharing uh, your uh, report for the 2021 Women's uh, Report. And I'm really hoping that uh, the, the, the new imagined future is going to be much brighter and that economy, care economy, is going to thrive. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me.